When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Mailbag Tuesday. Yeah. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We asked for your questions, and you sent them in, and we've got a lot to get to. Before we do, we want to remind everybody to smash that like button on the YouTube page and make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel as well. If you're a podcaster, make sure you are following or subscribed to the podcast as well. Later on in the show, we're going to share some practice comments. Well, he wasn't practicing the comments. They were comments from practice from Luke Richardson on was, Lucas Reichel. It was his post-game dress rehearsal. Yes, and uh, what we really love about Luke is, his, is the way he'll give you a detailed answer. Uh, and this was a very detailed answer about what they're looking for from uh, Lucas Reichel and what they're seeing from Lucas Reichel. It's really, really great stuff, and we thought everyone would love to hear that, so we're going to share that for you in a moment. Uh, I think we, is that right? We got everything done, right? Everything uh, we need to promote is there. Like button. Oh, yeah, become a diehard, allchgo.com. If you become a diehard, you save uh, 20% on all of our merch at the CHGO Locker and all all of our events, like takeovers and tailgates and all those sort of things, Uh, and you get a free T-shirt or hat upon sign-up. So it's a great deal. And to help support the company, we would love to have you become a CHGO diehard. AllCHGO.com is the place to make that happen. Yeah. All right. It's a good investment. And if you did not submit us a question, like I saw Michael and Chuckle Muckle said, oh, we forgot. We'll just put them in the chat. We'll get to them. 
Yeah. What's your questions there? Of course. And if you throw us a super chat, we'll definitely get to them. Yes. Yeah, and if you throw <laughs> us a fifty dollars super chat, we'll show feet. Hey, there we go. No, that's at least a hundred. <laughs> Gotta go right. triple digits for feet. All right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so um, we will get to the questions here in a bit. Um, but anything else we want to address from practice? I, I thought the Lucas Reichel stuff stood out the most. It was a getaway day. So Luke spoke first, and then we went to the locker room, and it was Anders Bjork, and it was – who else was in there? Staylock. We're the only two guys in there. Yeah, Lucas Reichel was in there for a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, so we talked to Bjork. I wrote about it for my Blackhawks beat piece, which literally just published like 15 minutes ago. And again, you could find that at allchgo. Dot com. Joey, are we ready give, to go give with some it 50 questions minutes here? before going and finding that? Stay here and then read it after the show. We are, uh, we're ready to go with the questions. I mean, do you have specific ones you I'm want to go to first? Your, you are the producer of the show. I trust your judgment. You are let's, as good as it gets in this business. So let's do it. All we're right, here we go. Let's, start where let's you find start a, uh, a good one to start here. Wheel of questions. Spin this it. one is from, from Alex. Alex. I have a question. Don't know if we'll make it, but do you guys think Fantilli is actually a better fit for this team? Yes, Bedard is a great scoring threat, but Fantilli is also lethal and seems to bring more leadership. IDK, just curious to see your responses. Also, you guys can read the questions if you want. No, yes. I love that's great. <laughs> no I problem. Love that. New that voices great. are good. People are sick of hearing from us. Um, this is so this is an interesting question because I disagree. <laughs> I, well, no, it's, it's, I, I think it's interesting because if we get into, if we get into a position where the Blackhawks are picking second and Adam Fantilli is, is seems to be clearly the, the second choice in this draft. I think there, it's going to be really interesting to dig into how those two players differ in their style. Cause they're different players. Yeah, they, different. Don't, they, they, they don't play this, the same style but they're both dominant in their own ways. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting if we get to that point where, you know, if the Blackhawks miss out on Connor Bedard, then we look at Adam Fantilli, look at what he does, and I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised at how well his game can can translate and, and really benefit uh, the Blackhawks. Now, that being said, I know what angle you guys are going at. Connor Bedard is a freak of nature. He is. He, right. There's he 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 fits all 32 NHL teams, and every any every team on the planet could you could use Connor Bedard, and and he would fit the team. Uh, I just think with Fantilli, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how his skill set translates to the NHL because I think he he has a more. I feel like he has a more rounded game than than Bedard. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he, how he would fit into that lineup because Bedard, there is a kind of a conversation of will he be a center in the NHL? Will he be a wing? With Fantilli, I think his his future is down the middle. So there is some interest to it. So you guys, the authors of the rebuild report, are more attentive to the prospects in the draft targets than I have been. Um, I think a lot of people mention McDavid and Bedard in the same breath. I don't know if that's really f- totally fair because McDavid is significantly bigger. Yeah. Right? Bigger. He's and a definite center and ha- and has yeah. been since day one. Uh, I think in terms of the output, maybe the conversation begins. But in my brain, the Fantilli-Bedard thing is almost like Taves and Kane. Yeah. Right? Where it's yeah. like there was, a, there was a short period of time there where there was no question that Jonathan Taves was better than Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Probably in the prime years of the dynasty, if you pulled at the time 30 other GMs, all 30 of them probably would have taken Jonathan Taves. 
Now, yeah. later in their careers with injury and time and all those sort of things, that that shifted to Patrick Kane, who's got a, whose game has more longevity. But you wonder, you know, I, I don't know. I there, To me, if I get the number one pick, I'm not overthinking it. I'm no, taking Connor Bedard, not. and I'm running with it. And if he's a wing, he's a center, fine. I'll take my 120 points every year. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, getting back to the actual question, they're both going to be great fits, no matter who it is, mm-hmm. because they're both yeah. extremely great talents. Um, you know, and Luke Richardson has proven – at least to me, he's a smart enough coach to where he's going to make either of those guys. He's going to build his team around those guys. He's not Jeremy Colleton who's going to try and force Connor Bedard to play Jeremy Colleton's system. He's going to say, <laughs> oh, you're Connor Bedard. I'm just going to go, put go guys. Go do your thing. Yeah, you, do, yeah. you go be Connor Bedard, and I'm going to put guys around you that helps you be Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. So as far as which one is a better fit, they're both going to be amazing fits. Yeah. You make it work. Especially mm-hmm. on a team that doesn't really have anybody. Right. That is solid. Like, they're not slotting in around anyone. Everyone no. else is slotting in around and them. They, they, yeah. Both of those guys fit the kind of the mold that uh, Kyle Davidson's been drafting and, and looking for. Um, Fantilli might actually fit that mold better. Yeah, maybe. But you don't pass up on Connor Bedard just because no. Fantilli has a little more size and, and yeah. that, those kind of things. The interesting part of the draft for me is going to be how, where they pick, how that changes the rest of those picks this draft. Because mm-hmm. if you draft Connor Bedard, number one, you get that pick. Do you now spend the rest of that draft playing, getting guys that play better with him, That's compliment him? Mm. Or if you get Fantilli at number two, do you change the type of guy you get to compliment Adam Fantilli? Because as we've said, they are different players. So getting one, two, or three, does that change your entire draft strategy? That's a good question. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get to ask that to Kyle Davidson someday soon. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, we're working on that. And if, I know we talked about this last night. It's not like they're ducking us by any means. I want to no. be clear on that. We're he's a busy to, guy. We're just trying to find a time where it works. He's on the road right now, mm-hmm. and he's got GM meetings. We don't want to do it remotely because, oh, we lost a connection. We want to do it when he can sit down here with us, and I'm confident it will happen soon. He also has a very small child. Eh, so <laughs> I'm so tired of everybody using that excuse That's for over- everything. That's right? overrated. <laughs> it says Greg. Wow. Father of two pugs. Hey. <laughs> All right. Well, since yeah. we're on the topic of Bedard and Fantilli, I got this. Uh, someone slid into my DMs the other day. Oh. Careful. And said, hey, man, longtime listener, love you, love your show, and all that. Love I had a question. Feet. Playing super you, armchair GM, <laughs> if the Blackhawks got the number one pick and a team like Arizona got the number two and offered number two and their next five first rounders for number one. Would you do that deal? I know we all love Bedard, but Fantilli and a bunch more top prospects. That might be interesting. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would tend to agree. If you're gonna give, if you're gonna say it's Fantilli and f- five of Arizona's next first round picks, which like are all gonna be lottery picks. You, yeah. Well, I have, have I have Bedard. no faith that Arizona yeah, okay. knows what they can knows how to get out of this position exactly. that they're in. Um, so they'll be early first round picks. Plus, you have five other first round picks that the Blackhawks have in the next three years that you're not using uh, on, Ad- on that pick on Adam Fantilli. Like, that's uh, quick math. That's ten first round picks over five, a five year span. Um, yeah, I do it. I think I do it. I mean, how many, how often do we talk about? Yes, the dynasty Blackhawks had star power, but what really won them those titles was your depth. 
Yeah. Because they could roll four lines and three pairs and two goalies, and they were just relentless. And and was it uh, Ken Hitchcock that talked about the Hawks' resolve? Was that I think it was him. After was a series of wearing his hockey, his, his, his generic hockey, hockey shirt, so I, it, or maybe it was, no, it had to be, it had to be uh, Hitchcock mm-hmm. when the the remember the Blues went up three nothing, the Hawks tied at three three, and then the Hawks eventually lost in Game Seven. Yeah, I think that was a series where Boudreaux was talking about the Blackhawks' resolve and the way what that really means is depth. Yeah, yeah. they're just so deep and they're so good and they can just come at you and come at you and come at you. Yeah. And when you look at the teams that have been great in hockey over the last few years, Tampa, Colorado, yeah, they've all got star players, but they're rolling four lines and three pairs, and it's mm-hmm. that's the difference. That's what wins championships. And that's why you look at Edmonton, which when you think about this question, like would you rather have Connor McDavid or five really good first-rounders to make the team deeper? Right. It's a good question because the Oilers have not won shit. Yeah, and they they had the opportunity to load up their team for years, even before McDavid was there. And it's a testament to why drafting and developing is very important because you could get three first overall picks in a four-year span uh, and really not be able to have anything to show for it other than no. having Connor McDavid. So, Well, you had Adam Larson. For the while. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that five... I don't think that offer would ever be made, but if no, there's one I, team... No, can to, you trade five there, first round If there's day. one team to Galaxy Brain it and make that trade, it is the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> but <laughs> I would... As much as I love Connor Bedard, I would have to take that trade. Yeah. Knowing that you're going to get Fantilli, too. Yeah, because think about um, you... Think about you get Fantilli, and then you have a shot at landing 10 more players with the five picks included, 10 more players who are like a Korchinski or a Nazar right. or and a that, Reichel. And that keeps, your, you know. that keeps your window of contention open far longer because yeah. you know you've got first-round talent yeah. coming for the foreseeable future that when you start to get good, if you have to lose one of these guys as a salary cap casualty, you know you've got a guy coming in on his first contract for mm-hmm. the next three years. Uh, and then you also have a ton of... Uh, Currency, yeah, for when you're ready to compete, like that's like those 2025 first round draft picks and picks that Kyle David he's again, he's thinking ahead. I know we're not used to it, right? But <laughs> like, hey, summer 2024 comes, say we get one or two of those huge free agent prizes, and then all of a sudden. 2024, 25, I still think is a little too early, but you never know. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the Hawks are looking like they're that team that are ready to on the cusp. You all of a sudden already have extra first-round picks where if you think, hey, we just need this one piece at the trade deadline to get us in the playoffs and who knows what happens, yeah. you have that currency right yep. there already. There could there could be a, you know, there could be a guy who's 24, 25 that's hitting the primer of their career on a bad team with term on their deal and you use a first-round pick – to get a guy like that and add him to the mix. Like, that's that's a possibility. Well, I, I think a good example of that is you look at the Ottawa Senators, and despite last night's loss, they had been one of the hottest teams in hockey, and they had a really good offseason getting to bring it in there. They've got some good young talent with Kachuk and, and Stutzel and all those all those people. And when they traded for Jacob Chikrin, everyone's kind of like, wait, what are they doing? They're not very good. Mm-hmm. They see that their window is about to be open, and they had the opportunity to – offer a first round pick that's going to be you know 
sooner in the draft than any of the other teams going after him were, yeah. right? And they say, look, we're going to identify this guy as the the linchpin of our next generation of great players, mm. you know? And so they, they get checker, and the assumption is they're going to do their best to sign him long-term, and he'll be there for the next eight years or whatever it is as the Ottawa starts to ascend. So in two, three years, maybe that's where the Hawks are, and like you said, they can use some of those assets they've gathered down the road to then add and, and improve the team yeah. on the ice. Yes, I look forward to Jake Chicken being there for years so uh, Lucas Reichel can beat him down the ice and score more goals. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That'd yes. be wonderful. Definitely. All right, who do we got next here, Joey? As we rifle through our myriad uh, mailbags. Hmm. Let's go with this one here. Yeah, Tom. All right. From Tom, if the Hawks were to package the Tampa pick in the first round and their own pick in the second round to move up in the first, what pick do you believe would be the lowest pick they could acquire? Top 10, top Yeah, I would, well, it, mm. look, if Tampa loses in Tampa's the first round, is. if Toronto takes out Tampa, it do, that well, no, matter. it's it's based on the standings. Oh, right. right. As, they right. To, as long as out. they go, the only teams that change yeah. are the last four. So if Tampa loses in the first or second round, they still finish reg- where regular season points rank them. So and I'm looking at the currently right now standings, they yeah. probably rank, r- fall around the 21st, 22nd pick. I'd say they're about seven. Tampa's right. the eighth. Yeah, they're, Tampa's the eighth best record right now. So 24. Yeah. So no matter if they lose in the first or second round, they would still slot in based on regular season points. The only sure. way you move is if you if make you it to a conference so let's final. say let's so we say we don't they, want them to go to the conference finals no right so let's say they lose to to toronto in the first round sure and it could uh, happen so yeah to, and then that helps the rangers get to the Eastern conference final that would be help, ideal yeah, you know They're all that the devils though okay well this is a hypothetical <laughs> all right we're trading five first round picks for Connor bedard um i think if you have the 24th pick and a second round pick you can get into the teens for sure, I would say somewhere between ten and fifteen would be my minimum. Yeah, I don't, I don't if you're know because you're trading a pretty a, high second. Twenty four and a second. If that gets you past fifteen, by all means, that's I think that's worth it. If there's a guy that they specifically want, um, but I, I, I don't know. It'd be it'd be nice. It'd be nice. I'm not convinced it could happen, but it'd be nice. And it also depends on the team you're you're trading with, like a team right. like Montreal that's got two. Going to have two pretty good two picks chances in the and already has pretty good young, you know, look what they did the draft last year. Look what they've got on their team. Mm-hmm. They could be a team that says, yeah, we don't mind moving back a little bit to get an extra, you know, an extra asset here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it all, yeah, it all depends on who on the other end of the deal. But yeah, if they can get into the top 15 again for, as you said, not just to do it, right? but to get like. Hey, what if there's a? We've said it all along. What if there's a, a huge tumble by Mitchkoff because people are scared away, yeah. and he's sitting there. You've already drafted Connor Bedard number one, <laughs> and Mitchkoff is sitting there still at twelve, and you could trade up to get him. You, you do it. You could, yeah. yeah. You could make it work. Definitely. All right. What do we got next? Hey, Ryan. fellas, love the show. If we don't land Bedard, Fantilli. And pick fifth or below, what do the Hawks have to do in order to build this team the right way despite a poor result from this tank? What would you guys do if you were the GM for this very possible scenario? Well, I don't think they're going to go below fifth. That would be a below disaster. Fifth, they would have to... They'd have to, to win a lot more games first of all. Yeah, they'd have to really have a, have a win streak going on, and I don't foresee that happening. Fifth or lower, I think that's when you might think about 
could we package that pick and the Tampa pick and and jump up to fourth or third? Maybe see if if you can convince a team that passing on the opportunity of Leo Carlson or Mitchkov is worth having two later first round picks. Um, that's what I if I was GM, that's what I would I would try and do. If you're saying you're picking sixth um, and you don't have the opportunity to move up. Uh, Will Smith is a great prospect from the U.S. Development Program. I think he'll be available around there. Uh, Zach Benson is second behind only the great Connor Bedard in scoring in W in the WHL. He's a really good-looking prospect. So there's guys that you can still get that are very high first first-round talents. Um, you know, they're not the franchise changers that uh, the, the first three or four picks probably could be, but there's still guys that you you can get very excited about. And I think with what Kyle Davidson has already done in his first draft class, um, it's something we love to talk about, but it's, it's, it's a valid point. What he's already done with his first draft class has put the Blackhawks back onto uh, not only on track, but like fast tracking mm-hmm. uh, their rebuilding process. You, you don't go in one draft. You don't usually go in one draft class uh, going from the 25th prospect system to the fifth best prospect system in the NHL, according to the athletic. Um, so I think as far as that goes in this scenario, they're getting a guy like, like Benson or, or Smith I think those are guys that you could still be very excited about if they're picking that low. Yeah, because the thing is, if you're adding one of those guys, those those guys aren't like you're not starting with those guys. You're no, no, adding no. them to an right. already pretty darn mm-hmm. good pool of prospects. So, yes, missing out on one of those top three or four guys would be a major disappointment. But it doesn't screw you know. Thank you. Um, it, it doesn't completely ruin everything. And based on the way that this this team drafted last year, it's obvious they've got a game plan and they've mm-hmm. got every scenario figured out. Yeah. So when it gets to wherever they're at, they know exactly how they want to get to it. And we know that Kyle Davison will be aggressive. And if there is a way, even if he doesn't get the slot he wants, and if he can find a way to still get the guy he wants, he's going to do everything he can to do it. Mm-hmm. So we've got an aggressive general manager with a scouting team that he trusts, uh, with foresight and listens to, and mm-hmm. listens to—that's the key. <laughs> um, so, I just yeah, I, we, obviously nobody wants the Hawks to drop out of that top three. No, but in case it does, yeah, it will suck. But I'm not gonna like hit the panic button because I think this front office has already has a scenario worked out for that exact, you know, if yeah. that were to happen in a in a in a weaker draft class last season at seventh overall the Blackhawks got Kevin Korchinski and look at how excited everyone is for him to 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 get into the system and and to keep developing so in a stronger class uh a guy at at five or six is probably probably on on a development trajectory a little bit higher than that so that's that's still something to get very excited about there's a lot of people in the chat asking about Matvey Mitchkov and I don't think we actually got like a Twitter email question about him, but let's address that. I, I, I know that I think in Corey Pronman's latest uh, rankings, he moved up to number two. Mm. Um, the the risk with That's him is that he, first of all, he's under contract in Russia for a few more years, 
and then he might not come at all. That's the fear. And while if he was Canadian or American, he'd probably be the number two yeah. pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think there is such a risk, and I don't think a team like the Blackhawks can take this draft that is so important to their future and say, well, because every, every pick is a lottery ticket. You know, there's very few sure things. I think Bedard is a sure thing. Fantilli pretty close. But beyond that, like Kirby Doc was picked third and like, eh, we're still yeah. kind of unsure, right? So if you're not even sure the guy's going to come to the NHL, I think the Hawks have to skip that. If somebody like Montreal lands three, if there's a, yeah. that might make sense for them. If there's a team that has a few years to wait for, for someone like that because they're already further in their you know, restocking plan or whatever you want to call it in, in, in a different team scenario. I think, yeah, you could probably, if they land third, be okay with like it. The ducks can probably, yeah, the ducks could, wait. the bucks could, the ducks could probably wait. Cause they have, don't they have two first round picks too this year? Their own and another. Believe, yeah. Then they just get one. I'm pretty sure they did for, yeah. uh, for Klingberg, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, or not for Klingberg. I don't know. Anyways. Um, yeah. I don't think the, I, I, I think, Kyle Davidson, while he has a long-term fu- vision for the future and and is preaching patience with prospects, I think this their first pick this year has to be a guy that's going to be either immediately on the roster next season or within yeah. a season after that um, can can be an NHL contributor. And and Promen's ranking is based on just pure talent. He's not saying you have to you should be drafting Mitchkov number two. Or he's going to go number two. That's not his. Mock it's not draft. a mock draft. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's based it's, on talent, and he's it's right. A ranking talent. Yeah, Mitchkoff is a better player than Adam Fantilli. I think so. I think he's more talented. Yeah. Uh, does Fantilli have a maybe a better, a higher NHL ceiling? Maybe. I mean, it's you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. But I think based on just pure talent, I do think Mitchkoff is slightly better than Fantilli, mm-hmm. and that's not a slight on Fantilli at all. But Fantilli is number two on everybody's board because it is. There's no risk there. There's, right. You know when you get Adam Fantilli, he's in your he's in your system today. He decides he no longer wants to play at the University of Michigan, which is either draft day or after this upcoming season. Right. Like you know you, you're going to get him. Yeah. Mitchkoff, you don't. That's why he's dropping. It's got nothing to do with his talent. Mitchkoff in any other year, if Mitchkoff was in last year's draft, he. You know, he probably he'd, he'd be, be number, number one, one yeah, number one or next year's draft. He is that he is the second most talented player in this draft, and I don't think that's you know that's there yeah. were the same fears with Alex Ovechkin, if you remember, yeah, when he was drafted was is he even going to come to the United States? Yeah, and it worked out for the Capitals. If you haven't well, been paying attention, yeah. well, they they also <laughs> had the they also had the lockout to wait, so yeah, you know, true, you got an extra. Well, year you never know when one of those are coming around. So. Uh, yeah, yeah sure. we're probably due for one. Um, the God forbid, oh my God, uh, the Ducks only do have one first round pick. Okay. By the way, they got a fourth for John Klingberg with That's some. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I remember players that go along with. I it. remember the Klingberg trade was actually terrible. But yes. Yeah. All right, what's next, Joey? What do we got? See. We should do some reads after this one, too. Sounds uh, good. Sounds good. Um, okay, with all the defense and forward movement, it seems our goaltending noise has taken a backseat. Obviously, Mrazek is our day one next year, but sorry if I butchered that. But what is the plan for everyone else? Staylock, Soder. I can even see us taking Cal, Cal Peterson Peter. off the King's hands for more capital. Uh, yeah, goaltending is, is not really the... The, not something we need to worry about for next year. To be no, with you. no. If it's if it's Morazic again, fine. Um, if it's Staylock 
if they want to bring him back for another year of the experience, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying Alex. He's Stalock. entertaining as hell. Yeah. We were sitting at, in the press box last night watching, just going, "This dude is fun." Like I want him <laughs> back next year. If he if if he wants to come back, give him give him another year. Let's let's yeah. let's ride it out again. Um, uh, Kel Peterson, by the way, currently buried uh, in their system. He's 28. He's got two years left after this one at 2.875. So, yeah, like that's he, the kind of thing. He did get that, some starts this year, didn't he? Did he not? And then Phoenix, yeah, he was or just bad. Pionix, Copley, Phoenix, yeah. whatever, uh, kind of came up, and they had quick for a while, and then they got rid of him. Cal uh, Peterson has ten starts, a three point seven five goals against, and a point eight six eight save percentage. So Sounds he'll great. Fit right in. Sounds great for the tank. So he, yeah, um, yeah. I I wouldn't be really hung up on goaltending for next season. No, goaltending is like the last piece of this puzzle, and they've got some interesting. You know, they, Drew Camesso hasn't even turned pro yet. Yeah. You know, Arvid Soderblom has stepped it up over the last few weeks in Rockford. I think he's neck and neck with Camesso as far as being the top prospect. And sure. what we saw from Jackson Stauber is very encouraging. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's been a pleasant surprise. I'm not saying he's the goalie of the future, but he's definitely – I feel a lot better about him now than I did at the start of this year. Mm-hmm. And you have another guy who's been playing very well in the ECHL and Mitchell Weeks, and he played well when he's been called into duty at Rockford. So you've got four solid, not necessarily uh, can't-miss goaltending prospects. Mm -hmm. So I think the goaltending is something that, like, that's going to be the last piece of the puzzle that you really worry about. Yeah, You need it. No doubt, For but sure. you don't need to go out of your way right now to get it. I think they they're putting their eggs in the Camezo soda bloom basket and we'll For see now how that least, goes. Yeah. But you know, you know, it wouldn't hurt. You draft, you know, they say in the NFL, draft a quarterback every year, draft a goalie every year. Sure, at you, least one. If there's if with all these extra picks, you take have a couple four goalies. second round picks. There's not there's not a problem with using one of them on a. On a higher yeah, end goal, and the Hawks are in a good position going forward to where if they if they can't get a guy, if they can't you know bring up a guy, if Camesso turns out that he's not an NHLer and, and Soderblom doesn't progress, they've got enough capital as far as assets to trade or money on the market where they can go out and get their goalie. They of could the future. get somebody. They don't necessarily right. have to develop it, but uh, so next year's goal attending, I wouldn't lose a wink of sleep over it. Yeah. It is not going to be a priority for this team. Morazic will be back. I know I see a lot of people say buy him out. Why? Yeah. Put him out there. To. He's not going to do any. You still got to get to the cap floor. Yeah. <laughs> Put him out there. You want to bring Stalock back? Great. You know, you want to bring, you know, uh, Soderbloom up and let him be your 1A, 1B while Camesso gets, uh, you know, you have Camesso and Stauber. Get all the starts in Rockford next year. Let those guys develop. What about Blackhawks legends Anton Hudobin? We'll see. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> his contract ends after this season. Hey, he, you that's could be I'll... talking about future Calder Cup champion Anton. <laughs> that's right. Hudobin. Potentially. Also, want to shout out Dominic Bassey with St. Cloud State. He has been doing very yeah. well at the college ranks. So can't forget about him. Um, yeah, I, I think with goaltending, it's just it's they're not in a position to need to compete yet. So. And they have guys that are developing. Goaltenders take some time to develop. Not, uh, you know, it, it's not often you're going to get uh, drafted goalies in first or second round where then within a year or two they're in the NHL. Like Marc-Andre Fleury and Carey Price, like those guys 
that very that's that's very rare. More very often, rare. you'll see guys like Corey Crawford yep. drafted yep. and took I mean, six six seasons to get to the look NHL. Look at Rick DiPietro. Yeah, that was a disaster. That did not go well. Uh, a guy that now, I mean, Jack Campbell was a first round pick. He took forever, and pretty sure Cal Peterson was a first round pick too. <laughs> and, and yeah, but, but but Jack Campbell took forever to get the NHL. He he went and had that nice little regular season run in Toronto that earned him a Ken Holland to overpay for. Yeah. Him, that I'm sure they're regretting now. Mm. You know, a lot of times, man, your goalies. They come from out of nowhere. They're, they're undrafted yeah. guys. Some of the greatest goaltenders in the history of the game were never drafted. Right, yeah. Ed Belfour was an undrafted college free agent. So you never know where that goalie is going to come from just because their development arc is on such a different trajectory than other players. So, yeah. like, I wouldn't sweat the goaltending right now. There are some promising guys in the system. But we are two to three seasons away for really having the sweat so out who our goalie is going to be. Yeah. And there's always opportunities like, look, Cal Peterson's not a bad idea. We just don't know if LA is going to want to move on from him. But yeah, that like any scenario, like the Mrazic scenario or the Nikita Zaitsev scenario, he's game. Kyle Davidson's game for that. Mm-hmm. Who was it we were just talking about? Who was it we were just talking about before the deadline that ended up eventually getting moved? Oh, it was uh, Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a guy that people thought maybe they would offer to the Hawks to to take, take on contract, something and give yeah. up an asset. They ended up being able to move him, um, but you know the, the Hawks always have their eyes open on that stuff. Yeah, always, always, always. I mean, look at a guy like Spencer Knight, who was a no no miss, you know, prospect. Yeah. He struggled this year. Now he's you know he's in the wellness program. Now he's dealing with some issues, but that's a, that's a situation to keep. Uh, Lanyon too. You got Spencer Knight, and then they have the uh, the other Canadian kid uh, in. Uh, Florida. Who's the guy? They he was on the World Junior Team. Levi. Um, uh, Levi's a uh, Devin. Levi's a Buffalo. Buffalo. That's the team. Yeah. Never mind. Disregard. Well, and and uh, our f- favorite potential uh, hot dog sponsor, Eric Portillo, Portillo, got traded. Yeah, unfortunately, his rights did. His, his rights. Signed. Yeah, his rights. Yeah, it was the Kings. To the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So maybe Cal Peterson will be out there, and maybe I'm, he will be. You know. Uh, Got, you've got time you've to got, figure it yeah, out. Lots yeah. and lots of time. There's exactly. time to, uh, yeah, time to time to figure out. And there's also time to get yourself some delicious Goose Island beer from the Goose Island Beer Company, the proud. There they are, the proud beer sponsor of CHGO and Chicago's beer since 1988. You see the cans on the table there. For us, uh, the Blackhawks Pale Ale, the Bulls City 312. I believe that's the uh, No Plans uh, mm-hmm. IP. Is it an IPA? It'd just be a regular a pale, pale, ale. pale Ale. No no Plans Pale Ale. And, of course, the Distinguished Gold Can, the Goose Island 312, the staple of their lineup. All delicious beers. And, of course, you can't forget the Bourbon County Stout, the Bear, the Beer Hug IPA, Green Line, all the good stuff that Goose Island provides. They're all great. And uh, I was sitting in my uh, backyard today, enjoying some sunshine uh, before I came into work with my wife and daughter. It was a good time. And it made me think, hey, in the summer, sitting back in my lawn chair, cracking open a beer and letting my daughter run around the yard. Sounds like a good time. Goose Island, they are definitely going to be part of those plans. Uh, If you want to be part of Goose Island's plans, you can go to their two locations, which are open and ready to welcome you. You can grab a beer right from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton. Or if you like to pair a 
Smashburger with your beer, you can go to the original Clybourne Brew House, pick one of those up. That's at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Again, that is the delicious Goose Island Beer Company. Once your lips, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, hey, another place you can get yourself an ice-cold, delicious Goose Island product is at the United Center. Yes, you can. And if you want access to the United Center, be it a Blackhawks game, a Bulls game, a concert, any type of event at the United Center and at all venues across the globe, you can check out Game Time. They are the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, maybe right behind the player's bench, maybe you want to sit behind the penalty box so you can yell at Brady to Chuck for being a pudwack. Or, Stop being a pudwack. Or, or maybe you can find a smelly uh, Minnesota Wild prospect to make fun of, too. Uh, no matter where you want to sit. <laughs> smelly Sam. Smelly Sam. Uh, <laughs> wherever you want to sit, it is possible with game time and they also have the biggest last minute price drops on the seats you thought you could never buy speaking of gooses (laughs) you won't find a better deal on blackhawks tickets this season there are just a few tickets a few games left i believe what seven home games left this season so game time guarantees your lowest price into the United Center for a Hawks game. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down. On your way down, please smash that giant white thumbs up button. I've got a lot of people in the chat, but not as nearly as many as likes. So give Come us on. that like. We appreciate it. Don't and right under wax. that, after clicking that thumbs up button, you'll see the description to get your Blackhawks tickets. So join over 15 million people who've downloaded the Game Time app and score the best deals on seats to all your favorite events. I'm going to a, uh, an event tonight uh, in Milwaukee that uh, mm. Game Time helped me with. Spr- Springsteen? Yes, I am. Mm. I'm going to go see the boss. Nice. I'm surprised Joey knows who Springsteen is. I'm not. Joey. Joey's a well-cultured <laughs> see, young man. People probably think now, like, oh, he knows off the top of his head Springsteen's in Milwaukee tonight. I only know that because I also know someone who's going, but mm. thought I would just throw Doesn't it out matter. there. You, yeah, know? you didn't have to expunge. I just, you know, you're <laughs> you're a well-versed, well-cultured young man. I don't care what the Bulls guys say about That's you. That's right. They <laughs> Thank you. say a lot. Thank you, Greg. They do say a lot. Um, all right, ready for the next yes, mailbag? Here it. we go. It up. Are there, from Jacob Holton on Twitter, are there any pending unrestricted free agents you could see returning to the Hawks in 23-24? <laughs> what a very specific question you're asking. Mm. So Max Domi or Patrick Kane, is that the question? Yeah, probably. Um, I think there's a good chance Max Domi comes back. I don't think it's guaranteed. But uh, as I wrote about today for CHGO, uh, opportunity matters to a lot of these guys. And Max Domi was able to go out and be a number one center for the entire season and put up huge numbers and then join a contender, but he loves it here. He loves Luke Richardson. He loves his teammates. Uh, I do think that there's a very solid chance that he's back next season. I don't think it's a guarantee, but I think it's a really, really good chance. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's 50-50 he comes back. Uh, I think the Hawks can offer him more than what any other team can based both or, money or and would want to play. Right. Both money and playing wide. Like the Hawks have to spend almost $30 million to get to the cap floor next season. So they can give him a couple extra million dollars more than anybody, probably another year. And they could say, you're our number one center. No other team's <laughs> going to do that. No, that, that's going to be able to pay him that kind of money. So yeah. I think it's a good chance for him. 
Otherwise, I didn't even mention Jonathan Taves, which is somewhat telling. Yeah, just because he's not coming I, back. It, it doesn't seem like he's either coming back or if he'll play. It just doesn't yeah. seem I, that I, way. The, Saw him today. We yeah. were talking to Andrews Bjork. He went, whoop. He, yeah. he, he poked his head out and said, oh, it's Jay and Greg from nope. CHGO. I'm out of here. I'm going to talk to those jerks. <laughs> I'm going to get on the plane. They're going to ask me. They're going to ask me. I'm going to go get some of that sushi on the plane. Um, yeah. Plain sushi. <laughs> plain sushi. If there's, a, if there's an outbreak of plane. stomach flu uh, in Detroit, we'll know why. It's yeah, not the well, Little Caesars it, it, will, it will actually be a bad shrimp this yeah. time. Um, but as far as like UFA is coming back, like I, I, guys, I think we need to accept the fact that the Blackhawks, as an organization, are ready to move on from Kane and Taves. They're not coming back. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett's not coming back. Um, you know, so. it's it's time to move forward. Uh, who else is a UFA on this team right now? I don't – Andres Anthony see you. I don't think he's coming back. I don't mm. think there's going to be an outcry for him to no. come back. Uh, is is England a UFA? Uh, he uh, might be an RFA. Let's see. Um, uh, Tenority is a UFA. I can see him coming back. I think sure. he would come back, and come England back. is a UFA as well. Who Restricted for, uh, England. England, okay. Restricteds are Ian Mitchell, Caleb Jones, Kurashev, Joey Anderson, Austin Wagner, and Anders Bjork. I think, Kur- I guarantee Kurashev is coming back. Like, he needs to yeah. be part of the team. I think all those RFAs could be back. Probably. Sure, why not? It's not going to cost you a lot. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense to bring Tenorti back for another year. Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, Luke Richardson he, loves him, so yeah. there you go. He's Ian not Mitchell cost you and Caleb Jones. Luke spoke very highly of Caleb today. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another one-year deal. I I can't wait for that news to break and see what our I, I don't look like. You know, he's not been that bad lately. No, I he I I think that Caleb Jones are, is a third-pairing defender. People are mad about. I think people are less mad about Seth than they've ever been because he's been playing the best hockey he's played as a Blackhawk, mm-hmm. and I think Caleb's been playing his best hockey as a Hawk too. Um. Those two look good together, Caleb and Seth. And I'm not saying that should be your pairing forever, but, like, I don't know. I always felt like the hatred for Caleb was way too strong. Well, Look, it, you're paying it, the guy a million bucks. And it ricochets off of Seth. Yes, he's giving you a million dollars worth of defense. I don't think there's yeah. any, if anything. That's a good way to put it, I, yeah. If anything, I think he might be worth slightly more than they're paying him. Yeah, I, I for for next season, if he gets a, a, a one-year deal to come back and, and do it again, like, that's not a huge issue. I think Mitchell's gone. Um, I don't think they're going to bring him back because no, yeah. I because you got to start opening up some spots for some there's, of these young guys no to come point. up. So. I think that the, the organization there's far too many young defensemen coming up through the pipeline that to, are frankly better than Ian Mitchell. Yeah, to plug things up and and while I think it would be would be a nice little you know handshake agreement, say hey thanks for doing everything you did this year to bring Tenorti back. I think for that same reason, I don't know if they bring him back because you could give that uh, that playing time to a guy like Isaac Phillips, and it seems seems like Phillips is is going to be coming up. Um, one thing that was really interesting that uh, Scott Powers wrote about recently was that the expectation for uh, Wyatt Kaiser with Minnesota Duluth is that once his season is over, which could happen as soon as this weekend, he would. Come to the he would come to the Blackhawks, burn his first year of the, of the ELC this year, and possibly be in their plans for the NHL next season. That would be for very it, interesting. He's to a, see. he's a he's a he's a guy that we just frankly don't talk enough about because he's playing college. Like we yeah. talk about all the guys at yeah. at Rockford and, and the guys we drafted this year. He's kind of a forgotten prospect, but he's a damn good hockey. player. He's been a really good defenseman for three years at a really. He's, 
top tier program. And he keeps like progressing it's, and progressing. Like he came into that program as like your your offensive minded defenseman, and he's completely developed into more of a defensive minded defenseman, but still has that offensive upside. He's a really intriguing prospect. So yeah, maybe Tenorti doesn't come back, but you know if you. I think it, it just I'm not going to cry if he does. Right. Well, he's a guy, too, that spent a lot of time in the AHL. Mm-hmm. So you could bring him up to start the year and then find out what you've got in these young players. Maybe you want to give Vlasic another two months down there, whoever. I'm just throwing a name out there. Yeah. And then say, all right, well, we're going to swap the two, send Tenorti down. The guy's played what? I'm looking at his most recent years. This is Tucson, the most NHL games far. he's played in a single season. Yeah. Like it's, you know, he played 32 games for Hartford last year. That's as many as he's played for Chicago this year. So yeah. he is a, more of an AHL player than an NHL player most of the time. Um, so I don't think if you were to resign him, he would be offended if you were to send him to Rockford. Sure. In sort of the leadership kind of the thing Adam Clendenning was doing this year a little bit. Different players, but, mm-hmm. you know, same kind of idea as you bring a veteran down to lead these young players. Plus, you'll probably have some younger guys making the jump to Rockford next year, too. Right, yeah. Some of the prospects in the system. Yeah, so. Allen, maybe DeMastro. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, right. it's the defense is, is 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 exciting these next couple of years. There's going to be a lot of in and out and who's playing and who's not. So, yeah, maybe Tenorti doesn't come back or maybe he he's back on a cheap one-year deal, two-way deal to be that insurance policy in case one of these guys doesn't work out or you have a rash of injuries mm-hmm. or you just need a guy that can go out there and punch somebody in the face or yeah, get punched sure. in the face as he did last night. <laughs> yeah, that's for <laughs> Either sure. or. And yeah, I, on on Domi, uh, I just want to say like, it really seems like the the it seems like everything that he has said really just is like ec- extra like on top of it. Like I really like Chicago. I really like the fans. I really like the team. I really like Luke Rich. Like it really seems like he's putting all all his you know, as much as he can out there to be like, I really liked it here. Like, it'd be cool if I came back. Like, you I know. wouldn't be shocked if there's a already signed contract predated July 1st, 2023, <laughs> sitting in the right-hand drawer of Kyle Davidson, just, just waiting, waiting for that, that opening, and then he's just going to fax it into the office. Yeah. You know, that wouldn't surprise me at all. You don't see it very often. I know we screamed it a lot here during the yeah. trade. That never happens. It happens every once in a while. And if it were to happen, Max Domi is... is the best chance of it happening. Much higher likelihood than any other guy. Yeah. Well, I know there's probably people listening to this and watching this saying, if you've got nothing but cap space and you and you say that Domi can go back, why can't Patrick Kane come back? And I know we've addressed it a lot, but it just feels like when you move on from a, a player that's that big of a deal, that's that big of a name, that the decision is mutual, right? Both sides have said, okay, it's time for the next phase. It's time for the next chapter. Bringing Max Domi in here doesn't really change a lot in terms of locker room presence he's a positive locker room guy but he's not the kind of guy where young players are going to be like oh my god that's max domi patrick kane has that presence jonathan taves has that presence and i think that matters as you're waiting for the younger leadership or the maybe not even younger but the new leadership just look at how different seth jones has been Mm -hmm. since the trade went down and since jonathan taves stepped aside you know, uh, Luke Richardson talked today about uh, Jason Dickinson stepping up as a leader, more vocal on the ice last night, calling for pucks, banging his stick, being more assertive because now he's one of the veteran presences on this team. Mm-hmm. And with those guys out of the way, and I want to be clear here, not that like Kane and Taser are saying, like, you can't lead, this is our team. It wasn't that at all. Those are two freaking icons of the NHL. Yeah. 
right? Like no one's going to step into that room and be able to lead. Seth Jones is a perfect example, Yeah. right? That's a guy who's a, was he number one overall, Seth Jones? Third or, or fourth. Third overall. So, yeah, so like yeah, really high pick, super hyped prospect, all those things. He's been a multi-time all-star, and he came in and didn't find his place mm-hmm. until recently. You know, so I think that's the difference between bringing Kane back and bringing Domi back, where Domi's just another guy in the group. Yeah, he's maybe more vocal and more, I don't know, decorated is the right word, but more experienced, but he's not the kind of presence that's going to really, like, keep other people from taking that lead, from taking that mantle. I think that's what the Hawks want. They want someone to grab that leadership. They want new new faces of this franchise. Yeah, they want want to bring in a new era of, of the team. And I'm as much as it sucks to close that chapter, close that Taze and Kane and Stanley Cup chapter, uh, it's it's necessary. It's necessary to 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 move forward. So it's time. Yeah. All right, we got a lot more, don't we? We got a couple more. All right, let's let's get through them quickly here because we're almost out of time. Let's rapid yep. fire. Uh, okay, here we go. Could the NHL introduce a luxury tax that can only be used on players drafted by that franchise? This could be limited to five to ten percent of the overall maximum cap limit. It would certainly help teams that draft and develop well and incentivize others to so improve. So you could spend extra on your own drafted players. I love that. That's, That's a great, great idea. I love that idea. They could it's do brilliant. it. They won't because it makes too much sense. Wait, yeah. But like we've said, leading up to the deadline here, how many times have we seen the Blackhawks punished because they drafted and developed too well? Mm-hmm. Kane, Taves, Bufflin, Teravainen, uh, uh, Deneau. It mm-hmm. goes on and on and on of the good players they've drafted that they've had to get rid of for financial reasons. Yep. Yes, a luxury tax is a great way. If you're not going to budge from the hard cap, let drafted players count for less off the cap. Yeah. I think that. So if you sign. You know, Jonathan Taves, you sign him for a ten million dollar deal. His cap hit is nine or eight or something mm-hmm, like right. that. To, and then <coughs> if you trade that guy, the cap hit increases. Yep. To stop punishing teams from being good at drafting. Correct. That's all this. That's all the cap does. I also think that's going to discourage. Or it would, it's a wrong term. I think what I'm saying is it would encourage people to hang on to their expensive players that they drafted mm-hmm. because all right, well, look, we're going to keep this guy because. He's ours, and we're, we're getting him for you know pennies on a dollar versus signing a giant free agent or making a huge move at the deadline. I think it'll keep guys with their teams longer, which is a good thing. Yeah, that, absolutely. If the Hawks didn't have to break up their teams, they could have won five cups, six cups, honestly. Oh, for sure. You know, and it's it's frustrating. So, of course, uh, Bill Wirtz leaves us just when the Hawks are ready to spend and the salary cap kicks in. Yeah, well, funny like, how that works. Of course, it's amazing. That happens. All right, let's, let's – uh, how many more we got? We got two more and then a couple more in the comments as well. All right, well. let's do it. All right, here we go. I have a few questions. You don't have to read them all. Who's your favorite player in the league currently and why? Okay. What's your second favorite team? How would you rank the prospects we have in Rockford? Oh, my gosh. And are there any <laughs> players in Indy that you think could play? You can't do another hour. All right, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do the first two. These all are right, quick. Hit the first two. <laughs> favorite player in the league currently and why? I th- I'm assuming they're saying non-Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay. Go ahead, fellas. Uh, my current non-favorite Blackhawk is Kale McCarr, and my second favorite team, uh, I would probably go Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, uh, my second team is I've always had an affinity for the Rangers. Um, now that they have, <laughs> now that they have Patrick Kane, uh, that affinity has gone up, uh, just for the season at least. 
Um, and favorite player? Uh, man, I mean, I it's it's funny. Like when I look outside the NHL, it's just like I just I just love the the sport. Like I just love the. It's it's hard to pick a guy like specifically. Obviously, you you love watching Crosby and McDavid and Ovechkin. Um, everyone knows my love for Jake McCabe. Like it's there there's like he's not the, a Blackhawk anymore. So he that's true. Yeah, Same um, with Patrick Kane. So yeah, Jeez. it's 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 definitely uh, an across the league love. Also love watching Kale McCarr. I'm gonna say my favorite player is Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> we were talking about the Kachuks last night. Physical. Brash, loudmouth. Your inner pudwag. I don't care. <laughs> I want him on my team. I've always wanted Kachuks. I will take Matthew. If, if Brady would be a nice secondary. I just think it just the guy that made me fall in love with hockey is Jeremy Roenick. And I think Matthew Kachuk is the closest a thing the like NHL that. has yeah. right now to Jeremy Roenick. Yeah. So give That's me fair. Matthew Kachuk. Um, I, you know, second favorite team, it kind of fluctuates because it depends on like where the Hawks are. Like, are the Hawks competitive? Like, I, for whatever reason, I, I have an affection for the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want them to be good. Where's your Minnesota Wild dad hat from last year? I got year? it somewhere. I don't know where it is. Um, <laughs> is it on the lawnmower waiting to get used? <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it's about, but then the Hawks and them had so many playoff series that, of course, that it, I don't know. It's weird. I, it, it changes. But I, I would like the Minnesota Wild to be a more important NHL team. And I find myself when I'm watching their games rooting for them. I like their colors. I like what they finally done with their uniforms. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. That's that's I think I would pick them. It's weird. I know they're in the conference. Yeah. But uh in the division, I mean, but I don't know. It is what it is. I yeah. can't help it. Yeah, they've been pretty they've been pretty harmless. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> way to put it. Like be less harmless. Like Make yeah, me hate I mean you. like right, yeah. the North Stars. We're a hated yeah, rival because... Yeah, but they're not the North Stars. Right. They yeah. haven't done anything bad to us except let us move on to the next round a mm-hmm. couple of times. Yeah. Can I add one uh, favorite all-time non-Blackhawk? Sure. sure. Go ahead. Uh, favorite all-time non-Blackhawk. Mine's Peter Forsberg. He's up there. Joe Sackick is up there. Uh, I always like Brian Leach. Okay. Yeah. Another Ranger. And Chuck that bile steel. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to switch seats. Switch shows. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> moving to New York. Yeah, Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg. I love those teams. Um, you know, a big Mario Lemieux fan. I like Pablo Barre a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. There are lots of all-time greats, Hawks guys, non-Hawks that I liked. Because for a long time there, in my most formative years of watching hockey, the Hawks were garbage. So yeah, I had yeah. to find. You had to watch other. I guys, had to pick yeah. other teams and players to like. Because after April second, the Hawks weren't playing anymore. Yeah. For half half of my uh, Doug Gilmore. Yeah. Doug, well, yeah. yeah. He was a Hawk for a bit. Yeah. 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 But better than you remember, by the way, when you look back at the numbers. Well, because. If you just reference what he had with the Hawks, he was good with the Hawks, yeah. but he was great when he was with yeah, Calgary tr- and Toronto, Toronto yeah. and even that little bit he was in St. Louis. You know, yep, uh, yeah, r- real good player. Being a smaller guy myself, I I found an affinity for Paul Correa and uh, Martin St. Louis. I was gonna say, speaking of small guys, Martin St. Louis is one of my all-time favorite players. He, he's, he's my uh, he's my legs. thighs. Don't skip insp- legs, inspiration. Yeah. yeah, yep. All but right, it's not working out well though. What do we got? You know. Last one, I believe. All right. Yes, already did that one. Uh, okay. How do you feel about personalized goal songs? Uh, okay. yes. I feel like we've been. <laughs> this is a hot topic on the old Twitters this weekend, too. Let's do, do it. it. About retiring Chelsea Dagger. That'd be a lot of fun. See, what? here's here's my compromise with the people that don't want to let go of it. Make it the goal song for guys who don't submit a personalized goal song. And if you do want a personalized goal song, then you get that song. Yeah. 
or you just do it for a few seconds and you fade into the personalized song. I think having personalized goal songs lets you understand the guy's personalities a yeah, little bit. It, it's fun. That's yeah. so there's, interesting. There's, so it's like you score and then they play the yeah, song. You just play Chelsea Dagger song. So it's like the MLB walkout song, exactly. but Same it's reversed. Concept, but every, yeah. some, you get your own goal song. We all we do half, the, especially in the off season, is say the NHL doesn't do a good enough job promoting these guys' personalities. Well, the best way to do is let them pick their own goal yeah. song. Let I them, think that's fun. Give them opportunities to show personality. Yeah, it's not I, like they didn't earn it. They scored. Right. Yeah. Play their song. Let them yeah, play. Right. Let them have whatever song. That, I love that idea. I think if the Hawks did that, you'd see other teams trending along and make it a league-wide thing. See, you some, know? some teams do it. I think the Sabres did it this year. Yeah. Like, it's Make it, it a it's thing. The, the goal songs are getting kind of boring yeah. and stale around. Like, I'm a Wolver Chelsea dagger. That represented... We had, we had this Black conversation Hawks, yeah. in the summer. That, yeah. that represented that era. If the franchise is moving on from that era... Let's move on from yep. that era. Let these let these new guys, these new kids, these new future of the franchise tell you who they are from day one. Yeah, you get something funny. Yeah, like, you know. I'd I mean, half like these it, guys would probably all pick the same Taylor Swift song. I'd pick it's raining men just for fun. <laughs> you know, like just just to throw people for a leg. Why am I hearing this I'd song? Pick right like now? that wreck of oh, the that's Ed, his goal song. The wreck of the Edmund <laughs> Fitzgerald. Something like the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a couple of chats we want to get to. Yeah, yeah, do we have another ad reader? Yeah, no? we have. We, have we do. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I don't think Bills. we're going to get to Luke Richardson stuff. Oh yeah, you know what? Let's do. We got time. That's like two minutes, right? We we got time. Let me, right. Let's get through the reads real quick. Then we'll share that Luke Richardson uh, comment because the other questions we kind of answered already. Uh, vaguely. I'll go so, with the questions. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of CHGO and All City. Jump on those NBA no sweat same game parlays. Major League Baseball. It's here. It's close. It's on your television. It doesn't count, but it's going too soon. <laughs> so get those future bets in. Who's going to win the division? Who's going to win the World Series? MVP, Cy Young, home run leader, all those things. Jump in, place those bets. You can do that today at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I'm going to bet the Cubs over. I did already. I think I got it like 77 or something like that. I got to check. Nice. Uh, so that's sitting there waiting for you know, nine months from now to, <laughs> to figure out what happens. Uh, but I love those future bets, and the same-game parlays are so fun. We've been doing them all year with, you know, anytime goal scorers. I think that, you know, next game is Hawks-Red Wings. I think that Dylan Larkin and Andres Bjork are both going to score. You parlay those two together. If they both score, boom, it's a bigger payout for a very little wager. You can Ooh. wager big, too, if you want, but it's a fun way to just keep in every game and just kind of nickel and dime your way through the season. It's great fun. Download the app now and use the code CHGO when you sign up. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey, and a good way to add more money to your DraftKings account is by calling our friends at ComEd, and they can help you save money, which then you can turn into some same-game parlays over at DraftKings. We've got you covered in all aspects here. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three or four weeks, customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency pr projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings 
savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get start saving money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz B I Z ready for a facility assessment. Call comed at eight, five, five, four, three, three, 2700 during normal business hours to speak with a comed energy efficiency program representative, or you can email business EE at comed.com or request an assessment online at their website, comed.com slash facility assessment. Business hopefully ethics. You, hopefully you type facility assessment better than I say <laughs> facility assessment. All right. Uh, after practice today, Luke Richardson met the media. He was asked by our buddy Joe Brand uh, with some bigger lineups coming up here in the future. Uh, what does he want to see from Lucas Reichel? And uh, Luke spent about two and a half minutes being very specific about things they've seen from Lucas Reichel and things they're correcting. Really, really good stuff. This is what we call uh, X's and O's hockey porn. So this is a nice gift for people who stuck with us the entire episode. Here's Luke Richardson after practice today. You know what? Last night, I, I think he had one kind of play. It's not a soft play. It was, I thought, a more fancy play. It was a, one of the first shifts in the first period, and puck came up. And he's been so good on the walls. Uh, in that red zone, he just tried to do a little one foot up, a little one tick, one, and it didn't. It just went over the blue line, but they got the puck, went back in. He had to play the D zone. So all the coaches were chopping at the bit and waiting for him to get off. We were fighting over each other and who was getting to him first. <laughs> and, uh, and he came in, he already knew, he could see the red in his cheeks. And we're like, right, right, see, you know, that, that's not for here, not for this league, not for you. You're too good of a player. Take that puck, skate it, create some ice, and uh, make a stronger play. He scored not long after uh, by doing making a stronger play because Athanasio and, and uh, Khrushchev killed the play in the D zone, which we're getting better at. And he, he just had the instinct and knows when to go and, and created that chance. And then probably about five minutes left in the game, he, he stole a puck in the D zone, skated to the red line, knew he couldn't get the red line to dump it in for a non-icing, uh, and just had the and he has a skill set and ability. He lays a. a Kind of alley oop over the deep heads, close to their bench, uh, so we can get the change. That's so just smart, intelligent hockey, and I know, you know, guys that have watched him play in, in Rockford the last few years. That's that's a big step for him, like to not try and stick out through four guys, turn the puck over, and get another point in the game where the team gets two. You know, that's that's team first uh, thought process, and and that's got to be every day, every game, every shift, and I think you're starting to see that from him. So. Also, there was another play in the third period just inside the blue line where I saw Kachuk not happy with the game. Saw he was going to have to make a play standing still and charged at him. And he had enough confidence and calmness and ability to make another little airmail play and just absorb Kachuk as he hit him so he doesn't get blown over or hurt. Um, so that gives me confidence for him to know, to have the awareness when someone like that's on the ice. So when he's in Tampa, Maroon's on the ice. He knows he's a big guy. He could hurt him if he's not paying attention and he catches him the wrong way. He's got to be aware of not just where the puck is, but who's on the ice and what type of players they are. And, and it's a bigger physical, more physical league. But I, I like that play in the third period, or those two plays in the third period of just being conscious of us being playing with the lead and who's on the ice and protect yourself. So that, that shows some uh, maturity there. That was Luke Richardson uh, after practice today. Really good stuff. He's I, what I love about him, among other things, is he's just so thoughtful in his answers. Mm -hmm. Like so many other coaches would just be like, "Yeah, you know, we'll just tell him, got to be physical, got to make those plays." He had specific moments, and I love the fact that he said, 
every coach on the bench was chomping at the bit to to tell Reichel what he had done wrong. That's great. <laughs> That's so good. And it's not like they were going to chew him out and and be hard asses. They all want to teach. Right. They want to teach these guys. It's it's great. It's uh, I love that. And and you know, Lucas goes to the bench. He's got red in his cheeks. He knows he screwed up. Why? Because the coaches have communicated to him, this is what you need to do in this situation. He knows it. He screwed it up. And before they even had to say anything, my bad. Next time I won't do it. Mm-hmm. And when a chance came later, he did the right thing. It's 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 a refreshing difference, and I'm not going to slam Joel Quinville uh, for his coaching styles necessarily because it worked. Uh, but how many times during the Quinville era did you hear, well, we just need more from him? We need more. We're looking for more. We're looking for more. Well, Luke, better dumps. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> but Luke Richardson doesn't go that. He he says, "Yeah, we need more." And, and by more, more, I s- very specifically mean this, <laughs> yes, this, 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 right. this, this, this. Yeah. Just I love that. I hope that continues. I hope this isn't just Luke Richardson being super eager that it's, he's a first year head coach and he wants to be super accommodating. I hope as things get further down the line and the hopefully the expectations rise because the team is getting better and the team is having success that this doesn't change because I could sit there and listen to Luke Richardson talk X's and O's of hockey for hours like I would love to have him once a week just sit here and say (laughs) okay show him a play let him break it down and then just take an hour break while he sits there and explains it to you Yeah, yeah that would be great all right, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it. Uh, 101 of you in the chat and only 62 likes on your way out. Please smash that like button. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. We'll be back after tomorrow night's game, 6.30 puck drop in Detroit. So a nice early postgame show. Please join us after this original six clash. I love it, man. I love when the Hawks and Red Wings play. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's no longer rivalry because NBC got rid of it. That's true. So it'll be fun. We'll talk to you tomorrow night after Hawks and Wings on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Mm, Wings.